for 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, just had a nice phone call with a uh, courier from Unity Point who transports blood all around the state. Oh, and he really? just said uh, he's just amazed how much he, that they that they actually distribute mm-hmm. uh, blood. So if you can, folks, it's a, it's a week from today, 17th of June. Trent and I will remind you uh, leading up to the event at Valley West Mall uh, toward the end of the north. That's the north end, right? Von Mars, the north end of the mall. Sure it is. It is. The Yonkers was at the south, the end of the end. Is Von Marr with the pian- the pianist yes. Christmas time? Heard it not too long ago, actually. Oh, they still there. do it? Yeah, uh, before Mother's Day was in there looking um, for a gift sense. and just tinkling with the ivories away there in Von Marr. Absolutely. So, Jim, thank you for what you do, hauling the blood all yes. over the place, and we are absolutely happy to do it. Let's get David Eicholt in here. Uh, he's been busy. Boy, we talked a lot yesterday to another 24-7 guy uh, that covers Iowa State, and today it's, it's Iowa in the spotlight uh, a lot of camping going on. But I guess we should start with Dave, with you, David, and great to have you on, as always. We appreciate your contribution to the show. Uh, the news today that Kinnick Stadium, you're going to be able to actually, you don't have to sneak it in anymore. You can buy a beer, or for those who like a glass of wine while they're watching <laughs> football, they'll be able to do that, too. That's pretty big news. How are you, David? I'm doing good, guys. Good to be back with you. But, yeah, like you said, I think it's huge news. It's something that, it's been kind of, I think, in the rumblings for the past couple of, couple of years. I know Gary Barta's talked about it was going to happen, but it was just really a matter of when. And I think once, you know, obviously the losses with COVID-19, the financial losses from the athletic department, I think the writing was on the wall that was going to happen this year. Um, but I do think it's a good thing. But, I mean, you think about there's seven other Big Ten schools that are already selling uh, beer and wine and, I'm a big fan of this. I think it's going to be a really, really good thing from the fan experience point of view. I think people are going to be extremely excited about it. And I think September 4th, I mean, as I've been told via Twitter, is going to be a really, really bad day to be to be a bush light and about everything else. So it's, uh, it's going to be quite the scene, I think. Yeah, and I think it's going to curtail the binge drinking leading up to kickoff. I really do. You know, you got to yeah. get two more, three more in you while you're walking over. What Trent will tell you? Yeah, I've done Guilty, it plenty of right? times. <laughs> I do it, done it every time. I'm not going to lie. Not plenty of times. Yeah, every time. Every time. <laughs> that's the way that it is. I, it's great. It's something that's been a long time coming. Will there be instances? Yes, but guess what? There are those instances that still happen yeah. today, even without alcohol sales inside the building. It's <laughs> it's something that is going to happen. How about as it pertains to Carver? You know, is this something to maybe liven it up just a little bit more? We've heard it just Carver is not known exactly as one of the toughest dens you're going to walk into yeah, into the Big true, Ten. Sadly, there's no tailgating for basketball, or very little for basketball. Mm-hmm. Is this something maybe that could ramp it up a, a couple of notches? No, I think it absolutely will. And, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be focused on the men's basketball program with that, but how about the women's basketball program when you think about uh, alcohol sales? I mean, you have Caitlin Clark. You have a top 15 uh, women's basketball team hanging in the season. They return 99% of their scoring. And think about this. The fans really haven't been able to see in person what that team is capable of doing. And, you know, they haven't seen Caitlin Clark in person in, in the black and gold. So, you talk about a, a crazy women's basketball atmosphere. I think that's going to compete for near near the top in the country. And 
So I have an up, I think, as well. I, I think that it is a great move on that part, but I will say this, and I know maybe this is apples to oranges, maybe it shouldn't apply, but I do think it's worth noting. You think about the NBA, and you think about all the fan instances that have already been this year, mm-hmm. uh, just in the playoffs. I be, would not be surprised if they did ramp up security or what they're going to try to do to protect the student-athletes mm-hmm. because, as you know, they're pretty close to the uh, the tunnel. I mean, it would not be hard to, to do something stupid Jeez. or allow something stupid to happen. So I, I'm very curious how they are going to go about it. But again, I do think that this is a good thing uh, for, for all parties involved. Yeah, We've seen a whole lot of fans yeah. behaving badly since they've been allowed back in buildings. Uh, we'll see. I wonder if they'll just limit it to the concourse and the ushers will stop you from taking one to your seat, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's a work in progress. Anyways, David, let's get to the here and now. Uh, you've been wait, A lot of football stuff we'll get to in a second, but uh, boy, by the sounds of things, uh, Fran McCaffrey may have finally uh, got his point guard. What can you tell us about the young man? Yeah, DeSante Bowen, and I'll say this: I know this might people might disagree with me on this. I think this is arguably the most important recruit Fran McCaffrey's gotten in his tenure at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Tyler Cook, you could probably throw in that category. I think Adam Woodbury, you could probably throw in that category. And if you knew what Luca Garza was going to do, right. you probably would obviously throw Luca Garza number one. But you talk about a perfect fit for Iowa's offense. DeSante Bowen from the East Coast played high school ball with Josh Ogundale for one season, who's obviously now on Iowa's roster. Uh, let me put it this way. He's crafty, he's explosive, he's athletic, and he can score. And, you know, I think if fans have been wanting that point guard that's quick, can get to the bucket, finish around the rim, dunk in traffic, and kick out for open three-pointers, this is the kid that you want on your team. And I, I think he's, he's the highest-rated point guard Fran McCaffrey's ever gotten at Iowa. Mike Gazelle was, I think, 10 spots below him. But th- this is such a huge pickup. And I think, you know, Fran McCaffrey on the recruiting trail has always been a guy very relationship based. I mean, this is a, he, he's not afraid to throw out an offer uh, to a kid that he believes in. And Bowen did blow up to be a national recruit. He had official visits lined up for Maryland. That was going to be the end of this month, along with Northwestern. But he did end up canceling both those after uh, he visited Iowa's campus. Fran McCaffrey was the first uh, first coach to give him a college offer. They've been recruiting him for over two years, and I think that loyalty has paid off. And Again, I, I, I think DeSante Bowen, you talk about a perfect fit for Iowa's system. Uh, I mean, he, he fits it to the T. I think he's going to come in, and I really think he could immediately start the second he walks on campus or at least be a sixth man. I mean, he, he's that good of a player. So what's next? They get their point guard. This has been a guy, and you think of the guys that Fran was in on early and ultimately missed on. I mean, that, that I think raises the excitement level up even without him being a top 100 player. But what else is on the wish list here? I believe three more scholarships available for the 2022 class. Bigs involved. What else are they looking for? You know, I do think they're going to be looking for a couple wings. I think you're going to want to look at a couple guys also like Josh Dix from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, he just unofficially visited uh, a couple days ago, he had a really good, really good time there. I think a school that people want to watch for in that recruitment is Creighton. Their Creighton staff mm-hmm. uh, it has been kind of not once they string him along, but they're still getting to know him a little bit. I think that's going to be a very notable offer if that does end up coming out. But I also think, at least on my top board, I think that Iowa really needs to get. I think they need to get Kyle Filipowski, another East Coast guy, six foot eleven, two hundred thirty pounds, can shoot it well. He was Mr. Basketball in Massachusetts. I mean, this is a guy who you talk about a long, lengthy uh, guy who can rim protect and also step out and hit a three and have good athleticism. 
He's the guy they're going to want to look for. And I think another name that people will want to keep an eye on is Tyler Nickel uh, from Elkton, Virginia, six foot eight, two hundred ten pounder, top seventy five recruit. Uh, it's almost like a Joe Wieskamp kind of hybrid. He can step out, hit a three. Not the most explosive athlete, but he's crafty and he just knows how to get things done. So I think those are probably going to be three names people should keep an eye on. I think they're going to get a wing. They're going to get another big man. And they might even go two wings. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But maybe they explore the transfer portal a little bit more. Uh, but keep this in mind, too. Riley Mulvey was originally going to be a 2022 commit until he did reclassify to that 2021 class. And I think it's worth noting, if you talk about Iowa's top two targets in 2022, I think Mulvey is in that as well. So Fran McCaffrey is two for two so far. Uh, on his top basketball target. Interesting. Of course, uh, football has kept you busy as well. Uh, we're, we're seeing some uh, some official visits take place. I know there's a big, I think it's this weekend. Didn't Michael Swain say that I was, somebody told us that I was got a big event coming up this weekend. Of course, a colleague of yours. Uh, what have you seen? What uh, what area, what positions uh, seemingly are the football staff focusing on, if any, David? No, I think that's a good question. I think that right now they're still trying to feel things out for defensive backs. And, I mean, obviously, it's Phil Parker. You can throw about anybody back there. You can throw me back there, and I'll (laughs) find a way to be effective uh, with what he's proven over the past couple of years. But I think defensive backs are obviously really focusing in on. I know they're really all in on Xavier Nwankpa, who is a five-star by 24-7 sports. He's the number one safety uh, in the country. So he's going to be a guy, obviously, people are going to know a lot about. Another guy I think that is going to be a top target, it's tight end. I think Iowa's going to take two tight ends in this class. Micah Riley from Bellevue, Nebraska. Uh, he's a, almost a four-star by 24-7 sports. Loves Iowa. He just officially visited Iowa State this past weekend. So, you know, they're in uh, their final five as well. So, I think that, that those are a couple guys I'd really keep an eye on. As far as position, I, I think that they're, they're leaving things pretty open right now. I mean, right now I think Iowa's only going to take about one wide receiver they might take two but i'm not you know we'll we'll see how things kind of the way they kind of feel things out but it's been a pretty solid start i think for them to start june i mean you think of jack dots where uh wisconsin grew up dreaming about being a hawkeye he got an offer he committed six foot seven 270 pound tackle and then Jaden montgomery who is a legacy recruit five foot 11 210 pound linebacker from bayport which is the same high school as iowa offensive tackle Jack Plum, he recently committed as well. So uh, a pretty good start for the staff. I know Iowa's going to have a few more camps. We'll see a few more offers go out. And uh, I'll say this. We, we have more details on our board, but it would not surprise me if Iowa landed their quarterback in the next month for the 2022 class. All right. That's uh, certainly some intriguing news there. And Jerry Montgomery's kid committing. I saw Kevin Casper's kid was on campus. Yeah, I Guys that. I went to college for. Boy's Boy, a big kid. Did I feel old? <laughs> yeah. Seeing those kind of updates coming through. Speaking of quarterback, not for 2022, but for 2023, right here in our backyard, J.J. Cole. His dad played at Iowa State, picked up an Iowa State offer first, then just a day later, here comes the Hawkeye offer. A legacy of Iowa State. Is it worth Hawkeye fans even investing anything, getting to know J.J. Cole, the future Ankeny Hawk, or is it going to be ultimately a guy that is Iowa State or somewhere else not in Iowa City? You know, I'll say this. I think it's worth keeping an eye on because it's obviously an in-state quarterback in Iowa offered early, and there's a number of connections between Ankeny and the University of Iowa. I mean, you look at Arlen Bruce was already kind of, you know, chirping at J.J. to go to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they were teammates first season as well. So, 
I think it's worth keeping an eye on a little bit, but I'll say this. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a lock anywhere. I mean, you talk about a six foot six, 230-pound pocket passer with a big arm. They don't grow on trees. So, I mean, J.J. Cole, I think, would be wise to uh, allow this recruitment to play out for a bit, and I, I believe his camp will. I mean, he's going to be a kid that's going to earn a lot of big-time offers. And I think, again, I think the state of Iowa, as far as high school goes, the talent level continues to get better and better. I mean, how many schools and how many big-time schools have come into Iowa and really tried to take kids out of the Cyclone and Hawkeye's backyard. I really don't see that decreasing over the next couple of years. I see that increasing based on just the the level of in-state talent that's coming in. And I do think that the families of these high school kids are going to keep an eye on that. And I think that they're going to take that to heart. Um, So I I think it's very exciting for the future. But, I mean, just just, uh, keep keep an eye on it, I think. But, again, 2023 is so far out there. And, Mm -hmm. Man, I, I say I feel old, but then I get blasted for saying I feel old when it comes to these kids. I saw a 2025 quarterback the other day get offered, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to be 30 years old by then. So <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy what's going on right now. I talked about Kevin Casper on the airwaves. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> hey, uh, David, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, you and uh, Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. We've got two good ones. 24-7 Sports should be proud of the work that you uh, do for the Hawks and Swain for the Cyclones and their fan bases. HawkeyeInsider.com, Cyclone Alert in Michael Swain's case. Great stuff at 24-7 Sports. David, thanks for popping on. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Yeah, good catching up with you guys. Take good, care. Yeah, Thanks. good to catch up with you as well, David Eichel from 24-7 Sports. Those two kids hustle. They really there do. There is no doubt. Yep. They are putting out the content, do a great job yep. of it, and uh, really enjoy the the work that they do. It's a different angle. You know, they, they look at things a little differently. We we know the beat writers, and we've known most of them for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So There's two new ones in the state, too. Did you see that? There is, yeah. So the Des Moines Register... Uh, Mark Emmert's replacement. Yep, he comes from South Carolina. South Carolina. Yep. Did he did he cover the Gamecocks? I don't know if he did. He worked for a smaller newspaper. Okay. You know, it wasn't that? Uh, I did see in his announcement a lot of people talking about the high school coverage that he'd given for that okay. newspaper. So it was a smaller newspaper that he'll be coming in from, and uh, and then we'll still have the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark yeah, Moore Mark Morris, Leah Van, I believe yes. is her name. She does a nice job, and uh, so the beat's changing a little it bit. It is. Leistikow has company, and Halas has company on the Hawkeye beat. Well, we're going to have some company. Uh, Dane Muzitani is going to join us next. What's the biggest question to you when, from the Vikings from afar? Biggest question is, is what? I mean, I think the skill position, they're loaded. They are. Uh, offensive line, again? Again, it's going I mean, to be retooled. better. I agree with you. I agree. Is it going to be great? I don't think that. It'll be okay. They'll be all right. They have to be better defensively, and those... Injuries no. killed him last year. Yes, and the young cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, well, one of them is in trouble. Then, right, right. And the chances of having him back do. I, I think it's a long shot. Right, right. Because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, by November, it feels like Zimmer always finds a way to get those defensive mm-hmm. backs playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. But there's still two months before that. And is Daniel Hunter going to be happy when yeah. he gets to camp? Because before he got hurt last year, he was looking for a bump in pay. Exactly. Uh, Michael Pierce, who didn't play a snap last year, he sat out. He opted out due to COVID. They brought him over from Baltimore. He's a huge piece in the middle of that line. Um, I think that led them to let Jaleel Johnson go. He's no longer with the Vikings. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Okay. That uh, and I think he I think he caught on somewhere else. I think he did. But uh, yeah, Michael Pierce gets back. Um, what else is a concern of theirs? 
Uh, of course, they need a new kicker. No Dan Bailey for you? No. Well, he's gone. Dan Bailey's out. Kurt Cousins, do they have his replacement? What do you think in Kellen Mond? What kind of player is Kellen Mond? See, Kellen Mond was the guy that I had zeroed in on for the Bears not taking a first rounder, but, but somebody second, second, third round. round yeah. Yeah, yeah, That was the guy that I was intrigued by at the very least the most. I Trent, thought. he had a period during his final year last year that he looked like every bit of a first rounder. No, now, no. not every week. No. And that's the knock. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Right. One thing that I remember us talking about is a scouting report I, I thought put it really well. There's times where he feels almost robotic. This mm. time back, I'm going to make my first read and then run. Right. And this time, I'm going to go through every single progression, and I'm not going to run. Mm. It, it felt, I don't know, almost like he got inside Overcoached? of his head. That's fair, yeah. I think, yeah. A way to look at it here. And he's got a pretty good staff on that offensive yeah. side that knows quarterbacks yes. well. Yes, I'm intrigued. I, I would not fall out of my chair if... It, he turns into an eight-year starter, three, four Pro Bowls. I think there's okay. that kind of upside there. I'm not calling it, but yep. I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked with what Tom Brady has done. Justin Fields, Kellen Mond, Jordan Love. Bears got the right guy. Oh, the Bears absolutely have the right guy. And have you seen the, I mean, just continued it's glowing, fawning? Trent. It's glowing. The coaching staff, yes. the media. Yes. They think they have their guy, Finally. I know you don't yet. You're I got to see it. I know. You're tapping the brakes a little. So just one more on the Vikings. We'll get Dane Mizzitani, maybe ask him this question. What does this mean for Nate Stanley? Is Nate Stanley's Vikings tenure coming to an end I think quick? I think so, too. Dead man walking there. Yeah. I f- kind of feel the same way. And does he catch on? Well, Is there enough there? I don't know. Size-wise, yeah. He mm-hmm. certainly looks the part. But Arm strength, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got that. The accuracy. And the windows are even tighter on Sunday yes, than they, they were on Saturdays. We will talk to Dane Mazzitani coming up next. It's our final look around. We'll do this a time or two before the season starts, so you can bet your bottom dollar on that. But we did the Packers and the Bears last week, the Chiefs this week. We'll wrap things up with the Vikings here today. Dane Mazzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll mix in the Twins and the Wild, I'm assuming, maybe the Gophers as well. It's 1460 KXNO. And 106. It's KXNO. DraftKings Sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, I think you all know that, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, plenty of instruction for those new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family, they've been loving DraftKings Sportsbook. They were sick of me telling them to download it. Now they have, and I know you will too. Ken's got a great offer for you. Indeed, Trent. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn just $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. It's that easy. Pick any basketball team that's still playing. Bet a buck. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. What do you need to do right now? Download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice. If they win their next game, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code KXNO for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook 
For details. Gambling problem? Call what it A business name is important, sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. Or Facebook. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Five. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, 11:30 on a Thursday. It's Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent's plays of the day coming up. Before we get out of here, just before noon, of course, Murph and Andy had one. The Fanatics in three and Barnstormer Weekly airs tonight. Joe Stacy and company, uh, they take the airwaves at 6 o'clock. Let's head north, shall we? Dane Muzzatani, he joins the program as we take a look at the Vikings. Likewise, with the Twins, we'll sprinkle in a little bit of Minnesota Wild, I'm assuming, as well. Dane, you can read him at the St. Paul Pioneer Press, at Pioneer Press on Twitter. Dane, Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thank you for coming on. How are you, Dan Muzatani? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You know, well, let's start with the Vikings, and then we'll kind of move around if you'd allow us to do so. Want to hit on the Wild. They had a really good season. I think they overachieved uh, from where with, at least a lot of people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They came together, and they're a darn good hockey club. Uh, but let's start with the Vikings and what we think will be a pretty darn good football team. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there, it's Jordan Love, it's Andy Dalton, it's Jared Goff, and it's Kirk Cousins, and... Cousins might be at the front of that pack uh, with Rodgers gone. I think they're good. I think offensively they're going to score. For where we sit in the middle of June, what do you think of this team? And what what would concern you looking at the roster, the way it's constructed? Yeah, I think they're they're really good. And I think, like you said, if Rodgers, if that drama plays out and Rodgers indeed isn't with Green Bay this season, whether it's if he chooses to sit out the whole year or they trade him i don't think they'll trade him but if rogers isn't playing in a packers uniform this season i think the vikings are the front runner they actually know and maybe that sounds a little crazy because of how bad the defense looked last year but i think if we break it down that offense was top notch last year i think by a lot of metrics top five certainly top 10 and the defense was bad but the defense was bad because a lot of people were hurt yes so you look at it starting right off the bat daniel hunter out for the year Eric Hendricks missed most of the year. Um, Anthony Barr missed most of the year. Bunch of young people in the secondary. Uh, we look at it this year, and all those guys who are out are coming back. Michael Pierce is is in the, in the account of man in the middle and nose tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson was added in free agency. Then you look at the secondary, which was so young last year. All of a sudden, has some experience with Patrick Peterson. They just signed Bashad Breeland. Mm-hmm. I think that that guy could be a steal. I think there's a lot of talent across the board. The one thing that would make me nervous is um, 
just a pass rush. And right now, Daniel Hunter is not at OTAs, totally his, within his right. So they're optional. Next week is mandatory minicamp. I would be pretty surprised if he was there, mm. honestly. If he doesn't get a new contract, I would be pretty surprised if, if he's showing up. I think at some point the Vikings are going to pay him, but I think until they do, you know, I think he's going mm. to kind of preserve himself as an asset. Last year was kind of a weird year with him missing the whole year with a neck injury. I think that opens your eyes to say, I need to get my money now. Um, but that's that would concern me um, how that drama plays out because without him, they don't have a pass rush. And I think that's where it starts. We saw it last year with the Vikings. We saw even in the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers getting after Mahomes. Like, you can win games with a pass rush, and you can lose it if you don't have one. That's a valid point. Uh, the two young corners from last year, Danzler, of course, I thought he came on. And Jeff Gladney looks like he's going to be a player, if he's allowed to be a player. Of course, he's in a whole lot of hot water with a uh, uh, an assault charge that uh, has been uh, brought down on him. Where is the NFL on Jeff Gladney? I guess, what's the latest? What have you heard regarding Gladney? Yeah, I don't, I don't know much more than what's been reported. Um, but I just think you read the tea leaves and the fact that the Vikings brought in Patrick Peterson, sure, brought in Bashad Breeland, sure. But they are signing, like, I think they signed seven new cornerbacks just through the last two weeks, just mm-hmm. kind of getting bodies in, seeing what fits. I don't think Jeff Gladney's on the team this wow. coming season. And that's just, like I said, that's total conjecture mm-hmm. on my part, but I think you read some of those allegations. They're serious. Of what happened down in Dallas. They're very serious. And I, I just wouldn't mess with that. I, I know there's, there's legal parameters that have to go up to go through. And I think the Vikings are waiting, you know, for more legal purposes. But I would be pretty surprised if Jeff Gladney is playing in a Vikings uniform next year. And I think everything the Vikings have done kind of shows that they're preparing for what could be left without that, that former first round pick. We had a conversation about Kellen Mond, and maybe it's the goofy Pizza Ranch commercials, but Kirk Cousins just seems like such a nice guy that though they drafted his replacement, he'll be a good soldier. He'll do the things that he's supposed to. Am I reading too much into uh, ridiculous buffet commercials, or is he that kind of guy? Do you do you see him being the mentor and knowing, well, maybe Minnesota's not his ultimate destination to finish his career? Yeah, I think Kirk's going to be, like, we talked to him yesterday for the first time since Mon got drafted. Um, and he said, I'm going to be an open book. And, you know, I was kind of in the loop with with front office that they were going to draft a quarterback. I, I don't think that was Kirk Cousins blowing smoke. I think that was genuine. I think he's going to help Kellen Mon. I think Kirk's just a, a pretty good guy, like, at its core. You know, say what you want about him getting it done in crunch time. I think Kirk will look out for this kid. Um, I don't think Kirk will just hand him the reins and be like, hey, I'm going to mold you, and you know, next year I'm probably gone. So it's your job. I think Kirk's going to obviously compete and do everything he can. Um, Kirk's far and away the best quarterback on the roster, too. Um, so I think the people, there's, there's, there's a lot of fans out there that, that hear, oh, the Vikings finally drafted a quarterback. They drafted him in the third round. They, they invested a lot of draft capital to this guy. And so like, there's a, a mystique about Kellen Mond and uh you know, maybe he should be the quarterback. Like, no. If the Vikings are going to win the division this year, it's going to be because of Kirk Cousins. And if Kirk Cousins gets hurt or Kirk Cousins cannot play and Kellen Mond has to play, I don't think the Vikings win the division. Um, but I do think Kirk Cousins will do everything he can to teach Kellen Mond. I think he's a raw prospect. I think there is some 
high upside there with Kellen Mond. But right now it's Kirk Cousins' show. Um, and credit to him for, you know, I don't think it's necessarily his responsibility. Like, I think we, we kind of put a lot of pressure on veteran quarterbacks, right? To be like, okay, we drafted the new young guy. Please teach him everything you know. Like, it's not their job to do that necessarily, but Kirk's willing to do that, and I think he deserves credit for that. Uh, we're a lot of folks in the state of Iowa paying attention to this Hawkeye roster, sp- specifically, I mean, Hawkeye roster, Vikings roster, specifically after the draft, when in the fourth round, uh, Kanae Wango from Iowa State, who can flat out fly, and he's a really good special teams guy, was chosen. Then the round later, Amir Smith-Marset, who in his own right, really opened some eyes with his kick return, specifically in the Holiday Bowl, uh, from, uh, not the last year, they didn't get a bowl game, uh, it was canceled due to COVID, but the previous year. So these guys, a Cyclone and a Hawkeye may be fighting for that same starting spot as a kick returner. I wonder how that's going to shake out, because clearly that is an area of need. One of these guys, I think, was going to win that job. Yeah, I think you're spot on. And if I was K.J. Osborne, who was the kick returner last year, I would have started packing my bags as soon as they took Kane Noangu, and then pretty much guaranteed I was gone when they took Smith-Marset. Because I think you're right. What's going to happen is those two guys are going to get, those two rookies are going to get every opportunity to win the kick returning job through training camp, through preseason games. And one of them will win the job. Um, I would be shocked if KJ Osborne is the kick return next year. You don't invest that much draft capital into two guys who, look, Nalangu might be a good running back at some point, maybe a good scat back, a third down back. Smith Marset might be maybe a good number three receiver, number four receiver down the road. But these guys aren't, you didn't draft them to be, you know, big parts of your offense. I think you drafted them to be big parts of your special teams. And the fact that they went back to back with those, I think the Vikings are going to give those two guys every opportunity to win the job. And whoever doesn't win the job, maybe they're on the practice spot. I, I don't know if they're, they're holding on to, to one or the other. Um, I think they'll do everything they can to keep them just because. It's not like you took a seventh-round flyer. You did invest some heavy draft capital into those two. But I think at the end of the day, one of those two will win. I think you're spot on on that point. Let's go from the disappointing Vikings to the disappointing <laughs> Minnesota Twins. Sorry, Dane. Uh, the Twins, the expectations were there. I'm a Twins fan. I bought them hook, line, and sinker, and they're 13 games under 500. They're in last place mm-hmm. in the division. Mm-hmm. It's been a season from hell. Injuries have piled up. Everything seemingly that could go wrong has gone wrong for them. So... Where does the blame go? Rocco, I know, has taken a lot of arrows, the front office, the way that this team has been built. Where do you point? It's a lot. Of, it's a confluence of a lot of different things I get, but who should be taking maybe the most of this disappointing team? I think probably the front office. I think it's easy to blame Rocco um, because maybe he doesn't leave his pitcher in long enough or he pulls his pitcher too early. Or it's super easy to scrutinize the, the day-to-day you know, intricacies of the game. Um, and he is obviously the one pulling the strings. And when the team is bad, it's easy to blame the guy who is pulling those strings. But you look at the roster, like we went into this offseason, this past offseason, knowing they needed starting pitching. And they kind of tried to skate by with like, let's sign that shoemaker. Let's, uh, you know, let's bring in this guy. Let's let's make Randy Dobnik, you know, our fifth starter. And I know there's injuries that have played a role, but it seems like they got a little too cute when you could go out and maybe go get a, a, a big gun starter. Um, same thing with the bullpen. And the bullpen has been, uh, to, to the front office's credit, I guess, 
they tried. Like, they, they did invest in their bullpen this offseason. They just invested in the wrong guys. Alex Collins, a, a disaster. Um, even Hansel Robles, like a guy who, who throws gas, who you, you thought you were just going to be able to throw in late in the innings and, you know, mow guys down with your 100 mile per hour fastball. He hasn't been that good. He's, his control has been all over the place. So you look at some of the moves that were made this past offseason, which looked like a team gearing up for a World Series run, just didn't work out. So I think the, the blame belongs, you know, on Falvey and Levine right now. Um, but obviously Rocco is going to be part of that, and Rocco deserves part of the blame. Um, but you just look at the roster, and I think I was on your show like a month or two ago, and I, I was very adamant, like, they're going to figure it out. They're too talented. Yeah. Well, you're starting to see that maybe maybe there aren't, they aren't as talented as we thought at the beginning from a pitching prospect or a pitching standpoint. And, and then you, you mentioned injuries. It's just so hard to overcome that. Just totally a season from hell. Like, that's, that's the best way to put it. Uh, just one more on the Twins, and I'll get to the Wild. I've got a couple of questions for you. Byron Buxton, there was thought that he was going to be here in Des Moines last week when St. Paul was in town for his injury rehab. It didn't happen. And I think it was your colleague who reported um, that he was supposed to play last night uh, for uh, for St. Paul, and apparently he did. Maybe it was weather-related. But how far away is Buxton? What are you hearing, Dane? I think he's getting closer, um, and I think... Last night, I, I feel for Saints fans that, or baseball fans in general, the Twin Cities or whoever drove up to St. Paul to watch Brian Buxton play, and then he gets late scratched because of the, the delay. But I think the fact that they're being safe with him is, is good. Like, why rush him back? But he's, gonna, he's supposed to play center field today, I think. Um, I think you just have a couple boxes to check. I don't know timeline, but I think the fact that he's playing, the fact that they're being careful with him, but also moving forward in like the progression, the recovery process, maybe a week, two weeks. Um, but it'll be certainly good to see him back in the lineup. Um, but yeah, last night that, that would stink. Imagine you buy tickets to the right. team thinking you're going to watch Kenta pitch and Byron play in the field. Um, Kenta still pitched really well yesterday, but you didn't get to see Byron bust. Um, but I think he's getting close and I think that's a good sign. Obviously it's, he's not going to come in and, they're going to go on 20-game win streak and be back in, in, in the playoff hunt. But Byron Buxton was having a great season before he got hurt. Um, it would be nice to see him kind of continue that momentum. Here. Josh, Don- Josh Donaldson, Dane, he's been uh, at, kind of at the forefront of this conversation about the sticky and everything else with pitchers and the increased usage uh, that we've seen with them, with the RPMs and on and on and on. Garrett Cole uh, had something to say, certainly something to look uh, back after he struck him out early there. What's been the Minnesotan takeaway for with Donaldson uh, talking about this issue seemingly more than almost anybody else in Major League Baseball as a hitter? Yeah, I think it's like a little gamesmanship. Um, like he's bringing it to the forefront. So he's a hitter, obviously, and, and he goes up against these pitchers. And frankly, like the stick, he does give them an advantage. Like if you can spin the ball, like look, I I never pitched in my life, but I understand the concept of like if I can spin the ball harder because of you know a little bit of you know holding the ball with a different grip, that's going to give me an advantage. But I, I, I think with, with Donaldson, it was a lot of, like, just games and shit bringing this up. So I, when Garrett Cole struck him out and looked back at him yesterday, that was great. <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought I it was too. hilarious. Yep. Because if, if you want to talk to talk, you know, then, mm-hmm. then hit me. But he couldn't. And 
I'll tell you what, Garrett Cole, whether he was using Sticky or not last night, mowed down Twins back. And you know, the Twins got a couple late, but I, I think that the final score was 9-6. It wasn't that close. And it wasn't that close because the Yankees were hitting, but also because Garrett Cole was pitching. So does the Sticky help? Yes, I'm sure it does. Is Garrett Cole still one of the best pitchers in the league without it? Yes, I think he is. Uh, Dan, we got like 60 seconds left. The uh, wild season ended uh, in seven games. They took the Golden Knights, who are poised to uh, get to the Final Four here tonight and then punch their ticket after they dispatch Montreal in, in quick order. At least that's where that's the script I have in front of me, how I see it. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> the, this wild team, I think they overachieved all year long. I'm not sure that the Golden Knights were head and shoulders above them. It went to seven games. Game seven kind of got out of hand a little bit. But I think uh, by all accounts... This was a successful season for the Wild. Yes, yeah, totally agree. Um, overachieved, I agree. They played above themselves all year, definitely benefited from playing arguably three of the worst teams in the league eight times because of the, the realignment yep. vision. It'll look a little different next year. But all in all, a ton of positivity coming out of the season. I know the goal is to win the Stanley Cup every year, but the Wild weren't winning the Stanley Cup this year. And they showed signs this year that they could be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender down the road. Just sign Cyril Caprice up to whatever he wants. you got to keep that kid around. <laughs> yeah. Indeed you do. He's uh, he's gifted. He's uh, Even when he doesn't have the puck, I love just to watch him without the puck, puck or not. Dane, listen, thanks for doing this for us. We love your contribution. Look forward to catching up with you uh, in the weeks ahead. Dane Muzzatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Dane, thank you. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Dan Muzzatani, as uh, we talk a little Minnesota sports. That was fun. 11.40. Well, maybe you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota sports fan. Tough. It is. Yeah. It's, there is not a professional, a four-sport city that has had the misery that Minnesota's had. They've got a couple of World Series championships. It's been a long time. 1991 was a long, 90. 91, yeah. yeah. It was a long time ago. The I, second longest drought without being in the finals of whatever the four sports mm-hmm. was. Washington, until the Caps finally mm-hmm. got it done a couple of years ago. Our second Ovenchkin uh, mention of the day. Yeah, just, A lot of disappointing Sundays for Vikings fans oh, over the years. It's just... And, in January, I'm referring to. The Charlie Brown nature of the yeah. ball just being taken away. Mm-hmm. The devastation. I was just starting to date my wife. Gary Anderson. The... Brett Favre decision late in regulation mm-hmm. as it looked like they were and this is in Detroit remember Paul yes. Allen's call against the Saints the missed kicks yeah. you talk about Gary Anderson Garnett now. leaves town and Marbury go- leaves town is Cat Lex to leave town Tory Hunter leaves town Tory Johan Hunter. leaves yeah. town mm-hmm. it's a small market Viola Go back to him. Yes, goes to the Red Sox. Now he now he won a championship. Yeah, but wasn't very good when he moved on. But it's part of. And and then I I look around. I see how good Tampa is. That market, they can have a good hockey team and a baseball team. Two decades now, the Wild have been around for two decades. The self-proclaimed hockey state of hockey. Yeah, and they've had two advancements. In the playoffs? It's been a long time. And that division is going to be a pain in the butt. I mean, Colorado's in that division. Was it 89-90 season that the North Stars played for the title? It seems like it. Against, and you just close. got clubbed yeah, I think by they Pittsburgh. get swept, maybe? Uh, it was, it was I don't know if they, if they got a game, it was one. Yeah, that was Mario, and that yes. was Yager. 
early Yager. And yeah, I remember watching those games. They would be on during the playoff run. We weren't on television at real time in North Iowa, but we got the Rochester station. And they had them on tape mm, delay. Really? Like 10.30, I think, after the news. Really? They'd have it on. Yeah. What? I think it was, we had the Austin station was ABC, Rochester was NBC. It was one of those two that they had it. And now think it back. Was it live or was it just like a packaged huh. half hour of this is what you missed? I can't, I just remember the buildup and the lead up to it. Why, well, that's 30 years ago, going back quite a ways from that happened. But I don't know. We're... Were hockey games even on in the States back then? You know what, Trent? I was just trying to think that when you mentioned that, because when I moved here in 1989, and I don't remember was how I watched the Cup. I mean, I know I would have wanted to. Did you have to go to a bar that actually had a satellite dish? Maybe. I don't remember. I love those satellite dishes. My uncle the had huge, huge ones. ones. Oh. And you could get the feed, the mm-hmm. live feed. So you could hear Brent Musburger talking. In commercials, yeah. And my uncle right. still hates Musburger to this day because of that, because he was saying something about the Hawkeyes during a commercial break that wasn't very kind, <laughs> and he hates them still to this day, 35 years later. Do you remember the sound that Satellite would make, that uh-huh. or something like that? Yes. Do you remember yeah. that? I do. Every now, what the hell is that? That's not what it's, I mean, how do you... <laughs> My impression of a satellite. <laughs> we'll see if I can fight it during the break. Yeah, try that. You know what I mean, though, right? I do. Uh, we'll come back, finish out the pl- uh, the show. Stand by for that, folks. And if that's not enough, the play of the day coming up. It's 14, uh, Trent's play of the day, 1460. KXNO 101. Please responsibly. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at Renner's Warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. Then Logier. Some roofing companies come and go like a passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowa since 1993, from basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects. Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. For a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing a call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at Wolfroofing.com. Satellite's going to have to do. We can't find it. Can't find it anywhere. Help me out because I would love to hear that song. If, yes. 
<laughs> I, I know exactly what you're saying. Oh, man. All right, uh, Trent. So, again, yesterday, I know you didn't cash that bet. I loved the play. I still think you were on the right side. The game got out of hand, mm-hmm. and the Suns took their starters out of the game, or I'm convinced there would have been five guys combined on the Nuggets and the Suns to go over 20. That was a good prop. Anyways, what do you like, if anything, today? Baseball. Uh Free square again. Take the Yankees against the Twins. Who's pitching today? Uh, it'll be J.A. Happ yep. against Michael King, who's 0-3. He'll be 1-3 after tonight uh-huh. for the Yankees. And I love two long-shot dogs tonight. The Giants are in Washington against Max Scherzer. Okay. Better team, though. The Giants are the better team. And I'm getting plus 155. Yes, please. Okay. I will sign up for that every time. It'll be uh, Del, Del Scafani who will be starting, who's not bad for the Giants. His numbers at least are okay on the year. So I'm going to take a stab there with the big-time uh, number at the plus 155. What was the other one I liked today? Well, hopefully you like the Jays. Rio against Keiko. pair of lefties going. No, that one is uh, not on my – well, that's all I got for baseball. There was another one I was looking at, but don't have it here. And NBA tonight. Are we finally going to see something from Milwaukee? Better. Or it's going to be a quick series. And Harden is not going to play. Not going to play. Yet, I'm not overly confident, so stay away. And then the Jazz Clippers. That was a really compelling game one. Do I go back to the zigzag? Well, it didn't work last night. It didn't work last night. I think ultimately, not an official play here for the show, but when I make my play for Bet Rivers... I think I'll be on the Clippers tonight. So your only play is the uh, take the free square, take the Yankees. Well, um, And the Giants. All oh, right, and the Giants, the long shot. Uh, I'm rooting for Colorado tonight because I want to see a Game 7. But will I fall off my chair if the Golden Knights punch their ticket to take on Le Habitant? I will not. You get plus money with the Lynch tonight. Boy, oh boy, Colorado getting plus money. Tempting. But I'm broke in the contest. I'm penniless. <laughs> uh, we're back tomorrow. Murph and Andy in an hour. Fanatics at 3, Barnstormer Radio at 6. See ya.